Welcome to another episode of our podcast. We are going to continue hanging out the spooky season of horror while we walk with the walking dead. So we're talking movies, we're talking 2016's Train to Busan, and 2019 Blood Quantum. So Chris, you gonna bury those hogs again? (laughs) So straight out of Blood Quantum, we've got You Don't Name Things That Eat You. I thought you were going to go with, you're going to eat all those dicks for me, aren't you? (laughs) Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of How'd You Like That Movie? Today we're going to be doing the 2019 Blood Quantum, uh, Indigenous Canadian film, and the 2016 Train to Busan, which is a South Korean film. Both of these are in the zombie genre. So for those of you that have been listening, uh, I'm just going to free warn everybody. First off, there's going to be some spoilers in this. Obviously, some of these are newer films. And this is basically going to break down to yet another episode of Look How Badly We Can Fuck Up Your Name. Uh, so please don't take any offense if you're one of the actors or filmmakers that are part of this. We just can't speak very well most of the time. So, uh, let's, uh, what do you think, Scott? You want to start off with Blood Quantum from 2019? Uh, Yeah, let's go with the homegrown. All right, let's do it, man. Boom. I enjoyed it. And I think for me, a zombie movie works best when it has... Um, when it's a reflection of our culture, right? That's like social why, commentary kind of thing? Exactly. That's why um, Dawn of the Dead works well, because it's a direct look at consumerism, right? And I think this movie worked well, because you not only do you see it from a Native American side, but also, it to me, it was a commentary on colonialism of like people coming to their... Oh, absolutely. Uh, and it's a, it's a, it's a Micmac production. Uh, that's the indigenous, uh, area that it actually takes place in, which is in Canada, in Eastern Canada, kind of like Nova Scotia, Quebec area. Uh, if I didn't get that totally right, please excuse me. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. It is definitely a conversation about colonialism. I mean, even the fact that first off a blood quantum, I believe was the way the British and the American governments used to, quantify if you constituted being indigenous or not was the amount of like uh indigenous versus other type of blood in you um as well the fact that so the basic premise of this film is like most zombie apocalypse type stuff things start happening uh around this indigenous uh, reservation in eastern canada and it turns out that only their people are immune from like the undead bites and they can't be turned into zombies so like it kind of flips that whole narrative of settlers coming over and giving people smallpox who are indigenous and killing them and flipping that on its head and making it basically the indigenous are the only ones that don't get caught up in this pandemic yeah like it was it was well done like the surprise with when it the first turn happens and his son gets bitten and you're kind of waiting kind of thing because like going in, I, I didn't see the trailer. I didn't see anything, right? So I didn't know technically what the premise was. So I was waiting for the turn, waiting for the turn. And when it didn't happen, then kind of finding out that they are immune. Like I did enjoy that little like Nick, right? That little twist on there. 
Yeah, I mean, and this, so I don't know if this, this is, this is a good thing, but it's unfortunate that it's taken this long. So this film is, again, it's an indigenous Canadian production. It had a budget of $4.5 This is the highest budget for an indigenous film in, in Canadian history. And that, well, according to Imaginative, which is uh, like a Canadian indigenous film festival. Actually, I think it's not just Canadian, but it's an indigenous film festival. Um, but yeah, so they, this is a, a decent sized budget. They used an all, primarily all indigenous cast, like all the leads and supporting characters are all indigenous. Um, but yeah, like 4.5 million is like, that's a decent amount of money, but not really in the grand scheme of like Hollywood filmmaking. So, I mean, I guess a li- it's better to be l- a little late than never. Um, but yeah, what did you think? Did you, did you enjoy it? In, in its entirety, did you have any issues with it? Um, like, I did enjoy it in, in its entirety. Like, I thought uh, my one complaint is I think they, like, how you're always, always like, you can condense this, you can condense this. I think they condense this too much. Really? That's, okay, go ahead, go ahead. Right? Because I think when it goes from the, in, well, the start of it to six months later. Yep. And then literally you're going into, like, the reversal of the big bad, like Lysol being the big bad. Yep. And him, his mind kind of getting corrupted in terms of being, like, immigrants out. Like, these immigrants shouldn't be in here. They're the ones that are causing this, not us. Right? Like, Which, is, seems- a, which is, a again, we're, we're, we're not going to wade too much into politics, but that's essentially the opposite of what often happens when there's a problem is that there is that issue where white settler type people are like, you know, the problem are these indigenous people or in, in, in even not in the indigenous context, like the idea that if there's problems, it's got to be immigrants. Right. So, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like it literally goes, you have that slow burn at the, I don't even know how long it was like 30 minutes or whatever at the beginning. Yep. With the where, fish and the stuff at the very beginning. Yeah. The, dog. the fish. And then seeing why the younger brother went to jail to be with the older brother, which I did think that scene was pretty funny Yeah, with him shitting on the car. But, um, and then you have one zombie bite, like one zombie turn. Then it's six months later, right? Like everybody is now. So are you saying that you would have wanted to see more of the progression? Yeah. Like not only the progression, like the six months later, I didn't mind, but like how that settlement worked, like how they had technically that reserve set up, right? Because it was literally like they checked one person for a bite, which, but didn't check anybody else that they brought in. Then that person turns, which... That scene, I would, I thought would have been amazing, but I'm guessing budget wise, how most likely she turned while giving that guy head and bit off his dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought there was some definitely some creative, uh, like fresh takes on like, like the fact that they're like, oh, we we told we told everybody we we told all the non-indigenous people that uh, you can get cured or get inoculated by sucking her dicks. Like, it was just a fresh take. Like, I mean, we've seen a lot of the same, like, zombie tropes. Uh, so adding that level of, like, I, w- I don't even want to call it sexuality, but, like, the types of things that can happen when you're in a power position. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think it, it was a, a direct commentary of people in power abusing that power, right? Yep. But, again, like, 
right after that, it just kind of like ends in like another half hour. Like from there, like once the dick gets bitten off, right? Like he flip turns and not turns into a zombie, but turns into like all of a sudden the big bad yeah. uh, of the, of the whole movie. And he wants to like kill all the people that they've tried to help bringing in. Right. Yeah. And that could have, that could have been a, like, again, we don't know what got left on the cutting room floor. Uh, that could have been a script issue. Just, you know, not fantastic writing in, in general. Uh, I mean, it's a zombie movie. They're usually, they, they often have continuity issues and stuff. Um, see, I was going to say, so this film actually runs like an hour and a half. Uh, I probably would have just trimmed it down a bit more. Um, I, I do agree with you. I think maybe there was the, there, it's not balanced between that six month period and that, like, obviously the pre six month period. Uh, if you could have maybe tightened those up a bit. Uh, so that you have this kind of the same amount of time, like learning about the characters. And then you definitely want to see, cause I mean, if you're watching a zombie movie at the end of the day, you want to see shit get killed. You want to see people get ripped open and bitten and attacked and stuff. And that's, uh, that, that's always awesome. Right. Which I would say this film definitely did, man. There was some serious fucking cool, like, what was it? Was it a zombie baby? Or did no, she, she eat ate, the baby? Yeah, she, ate, she the ate, baby. ate the baby. I was like, oh, that's so crazy. Yeah, she ate the baby, right? Because she was saying that the baby, she was hungry. And that's then... right. That's right. And you're like, no, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. What did you think? Okay, so this might be a bit of a bone of contention, but what did you think about the grandfather using the samurai sword? I thought it was fine, right? Like, he did have that line, like, you never have to reload a sword, right? This is true, yeah. But, and now, kind of jumping ahead, did the grandfather survive or didn't survive? Because it goes Doesn't to he a... kind of have, like, a last stand? No, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, yeah, like by, by the way. <laughs> he, he sets them off to give them time, right? So the zombies don't get them when they go on the boat. Yep. And then he's on that, like, little Rock, island. Yeah, I think he's kind of doing, like, a last stand. But, but then it goes into cartoon. S- it, like you, you don't see, like you see him fending him off. Then it goes into like a cartoon yeah. with him holding a zombie's head. With yeah, yeah, yeah. Samurai so sword. maybe that's intentional. You know where you're like you don't know if that character survived, right? Yeah, I'm guessing if they do a sequel, right? Like, but so uh, I just want to quickly jump in and talk about because I, I think it's really important because we've got again we have so this is like written directed. A bunch of this, like most of the like production work and stuff is all done by uh, Jeff Barnaby, who's a Micmac director. Uh, he also did another film called Rhymes for Young Ghouls in 2013, which premiered at TIFF, which is the Toronto International Film Festival. Uh, and he won Best Canadian Film at the Vancouver, which also, sorry, it won Best Canadian Film at the Vancouver International Film Festival. So like, this guy's a pretty solid Indigenous director. And I, I'm so glad that he like was able to make this kind of like big budget zombie flick. Um, and I, I, would, I would really suggest, I haven't seen it yet, but the write-ups on uh, Rhymes for Young Ghouls is... Uh, Real, they're they're really really good and it's about the residential school system so i think it's especially if you're here in canada um it's it's important for us to you know maybe spend some more time with that con- um that content so definitely check out that film um he worked with the same cinematographer uh which is uh michelle saint martin 
who also worked on Bad Blood, which is a Canadian TV show about the Italian mafia out of Quebec that has that stars Kim Cotes, Cotes, the and he's from Sons of Anarchy. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, like I thought he did really well, and I, I'm. And to be fair, I, th- I thought the cast did really well, too. Like, I did like Lysol. I liked Joseph. I really liked, um, and I'm going to mispronounce, El Maja Tellfeathers as the mom. Yeah. Actually, I think that's pretty close. It's it's like uh, El Maja. Like, it's, it's said, I think, almost as one word. But, yeah, you were, you're, I think you're pretty close there. But I thought she did amazing. Like, you, you felt her as a mom, right? And even Michael Gray Eyes as trailer. And... I think, like, spoilers again, the fact that you think he's the main. Yeah. And he goes down, like, in the with still 20, 25 minutes left to go and doing the sacrifice. And I loved his line, like, make sure my grandchildren, you tell uh, stories yeah, about, yeah. to my grandchildren about me. Like, I thought that was good, too. And so I'm actually just that's a that's a perfect jumping off place for me because again I really want to plug these indigenous actors. Uh, so Michael Gray Eyes, he's a Plains Cree from Muskeg Lake First Nations in Saskatchewan. That's a province here in Canada. Uh, for, he's known for his role in uh, Passchendaele, which is also another big budget Canadian. It's one, one of my one favorite film. Canadian movies. Yeah, yeah, was that Paul Gross? Paul Gross, yeah, at the war. Um, he's in season three of True Detective. He's in American Gods. And he's got, a, I think, a fairly reoccurring role on Fear the Walking Dead. But what I found really interesting, and this is one of the best things about like doing a film podcast like this, is when you start deep diving, is for those of you who don't know, I have a background in ballet. I'm, it's like I'm, I love theater and dance and all kinds of performing arts. And so Michael Gray Eyes, not only did he attend the National Ballet, but he was actually part of the Corps de Ballet. So he danced with them. And then he actually went on and started his own theater company called Signal Theater Company, which does uh, all all kinds of uh, kind of progressive dance and theater productions. Uh, He's also done a lot of work with the modern powwow, which I think is, is awesome. Just bringing all of his cultural stuff back into the forefront. Um, and then, as you said, there's also Elimaja Tailfeathers, who is Blackfoot and Sami, which is like a Finno-Ugeric, it's like a Norwegian-Finnish indigenous uh, background. Uh, she's an actor and filmmaker. She has a Canadian Film Screen Award for the 2017 CBC, which is the Canadian Broadcasting Company, uh, film Unclaimed. And in 2019, she won the Best Film Award for The Body Remembers When the World Broke Open, which she co-directed. So, No, like, again, they, they did well. Like, and I, again, in terms of the social commentary, I think one of the best social commentaries was, oh, man, uh, Charlie, who was the, the white girlfriend that was pregnant. Yep. And her line, um, which was... I hate the way people look at me in here. Yeah. Like, like my vagina is going to solve everything or something like that, which is, I think is like written, like the way I took it is you can't look at other people. You can't look at the white person to try to save your, save you. Like you got to look at yourself. Like you guys, everybody has the strength within themselves to solve their problems and work on stuff. Like stop relying on other people. Right. hundred percent. hundred percent. Um, so actually, 
uh, in the in, as far as political terms, even the director himself, so Jeff Barnaby, uh, in a quote to I this was either to the CBC or the Golden Mail, he says, <clears throat> "In qualified and political terms, it's 100% a native zombie exploitation film," says film director and writer and editor Jeff Barnaby. Um, so yeah, like he purposely wrote this as a political statement, but almost like that idea of like black exploitation. So remember, he's an indigenous filmmaker. And so he's making an indigenous film so he can kind of say whatever he wants and he doesn't have the same barriers because he's already part of that marginalized community. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess, I guess what you're saying. I, it's, and, and that's why I think this movie worked well is cause like you, you see a side that one, you don't really see a, There isn't much representation in, theaters or movies or something like that that i see and i'm fucking canadian yeah exactly right? there there isn't much right and if and, there is well, and it's that's, usually and that's, and that's one very of the stereotypical it's, it's exactly it's stereotypical which this was not um and most of the cast so just think of how many how much extra uh indigenous talent you got to actually put in a big budget film which uh although i mean unfortunately so this premiered at tiff in 2019 it won the second runner-up for the Midnight Madness uh, People's Choice Award, which is basically like kind of offbeat indie films at the Toronto F- International Film Festival. Uh, due to COVID, it went straight to streaming service. Uh, and I watched it on Crave here in Canada. And did you watch it on Crave or Shudder? I, w- I watched it on Crave, but it is on Shudder as well. Um, but which, yeah, and, I w- and I would definitely suggest like watching this film. If you just want like a... like. I do think it, it suffers from some editing issues, which I complain about all the time, but I would definitely watch it uh, just because it is very entertaining. It's a zombie movie. I mean, it's not Schindler's List, nor is it supposed to be. But it damn well could fucking be. <laughs> well, I mean, it does. It does. And I know that this episode is going to have a little more politics in it just because both of the films do talk about social commentary. Um, and I mean, film is all, film and movies is also art. So often it does have a, have political undertones. Um but yeah, this film is like super entertaining. I'm not a big zombie guy in general. I'm not a big horror guy because I'm a fucking pussy scaredy cat. Um, but I did find it entertaining. Um, I do want to, before we like move any any further though, I do want to plug two actors. So we've got Forrest Goodluck, who's a Navajo, Navajo actor, who his first big role was in The Reverend. Uh, and then he's also had a really good uh, LBGTQ role in The Miseducation of Cameron Post. Uh, and then another Canadian Mohawk actor, uh, Devry Jacobs. Uh, I couldn't pronounce her indigenous name, so I'm using her uh, uh, settler white name that uh, she has on her IMDb. But uh, Devry Jacobs is was, was the lead in Rhymes for Young Ghouls, so going back to working with Jeff Barnaby. And she has currently a reoccurring role in American Gods and The Order. So, I mean, it's it's awesome to see these indigenous talents getting to come to the forefront and having some money to to make a film that people are actually going to go out and watch. Let's do it. Let's, so let's jump without to the further next ado, one. let's move on to like this is a because you just ate all the cocks on that movie, Chris. You just <laughs> ate all the cocks. <laughs> I did. I was just like cock gauntlet, salt and pepper, salt and pepper. You're like uh, Lilith. Who the fuck's Lilith? <laughs> we got Chris. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about the 2016 Train to Busan out of South Korea. This is a big money picture that made even bigger, 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 bigger dollars. So take us away, Scott. 
Fuck, I said 2015. That's what I had before, but you're right. It is 2016. Um, I enjoyed it. And, uh, like, for me, again, like, zombie films, it's all about social commentary. And this one, like, the main character who, you know, I'm going to butcher, but... Are you talking about the name character, like the actor's name, or Yugon? Yeah, the, he he plays Sikyu, Sikwu. Yep. Um, like his progression and his character arc of technically being the most selfish man in the room to, at the end, technically looking at himself in a mirror in an older version of himself and he... then adjusting. Uh, I thought it worked very well and. and like to go back to another movie, uh, Snowpiercer. I thought technically this was for me like Snowpiercer, but zombies, right? Like each, yeah, that's actually I think that's a like a really good analogy. Each cart was like had another. like a different element to it, and has oh, especially in this is a different. Well, I guess in Snowpiercer as well, a different kind of social commentary. Mm-hmm. Like each cart was different, right? And like facing yourselves, facing your bullies, facing your friends, like that don't want to be that you're not like kind of thing I thought did well. And for me, like the zombies in in this movie and the turning in this movie was some of the best I've ever seen. Like using that contortionist kind of yeah. tar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Turn. And it's fat. They turn fairly quickly too. Yeah. Give or take. But all of a sudden it's that twist turn that like their body just like jerks or whatever. And then all of a sudden like, boom, they're yeah, it's on like somebody. super dynamic and almost like violent. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this is from director Young Seng Ho. Do you know that this was his first live action film? No. Because before this, he, mm-hmm. he primarily de- uh, dealt with, uh, sorry, he primarily worked in animation. And did you know that there's actually a prequel to this movie called Soul Station? No. There's, I, an, animation, I... there's an animated prequel to uh, Train to Busan called Soul Station, which gives you a little bit more background on like what's happening. And I watched it and it's fantastic. If you don't mind uh, like foreign animation films. No, no, I, I do. I like it, but no, I didn't know about the prequel. I knew about the, the sequel though, Peninsula. And I watched the trailer afterward this. And I saw that there was a sequel. I, I did watch the trailer on it and I'm like, fuck, I want to see this one too. Right. Well, and I was, I was hoping cause it's called the Peninsula, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was hoping to watch it, but uh, it's not released on iTunes until the 27th. So you would have to like pre-order to like buy it. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to buy the movie. I want to wait till I can actually watch it. But it looks like super exciting because it's like it's now in the future after the zombie apocalypse, I think has been around for uh, like a couple years or something like that. Give or take. Yeah. But and then it's like people going in to like rob stuff. Right. And you have the survivors and then you have the uh, the zombies again. But yeah, it looks good. And from what I can see, it's all the same like um, director, writer and everything like that in terms of team, like the actors are yeah, different. Yeah, and it's actually the same cinematographer, cinematographer as well, which, which is uh, Lee Hong Young or Diok. So he worked with, uh, he worked with uh, Sang Ho on this and then he's working with him again on Peninsula because again... Um, that's the that will be the third live action film from this director because he also is doing. Uh, oh, actually, this is a film that is currently on Netflix that I think that you would probably like, called Do 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 Psychokinesis, and it, you they, he works again with the female lead uh, Young Yu Mai. Really? No, I didn't even see that one. I saw the one on Netflix, the hashtag Alive. 
Oh yeah, that's a zombie movie. Psychokinesis yeah. is a is a superhero movie. It's okay. a South Korean superhero movie. All right. And I know how much you like that type of stuff. I so. do like that stuff. <laughs> but no, like all in all, like I'm assuming you enjoyed this movie as well. Yeah, I found it. I liked it because it was like, uh, like, yeah, it has the social commentary and stuff, but it was just like your straight up zombie movie as far as like zombies move super fast. Like you said, they're super contorted. Uh, it's like you just see them overrunning everything. And just the concept of the train, I thought was like a really interesting spin, right? Because you're like in one area and you're trying to get in your in your mind. You're like, if we get out of this area, we're going to be safe from these zombies. But spoiler, of course, you're not right. Yeah, like I thought giving like the the zombies the weakness of sight that they can't see in the dark. I thought that was very interesting because I've never seen that before, right? Like it's always like they can see you, they can smell you. Like it's never really given them like there's always the weakness to kill in terms of the head, but it's I've never seen a well, I guess sound, yeah. I've seen sound. Like what that they to, can't hear? Yeah, well you have to be quiet. Yes. But yeah, I thought in terms of that, the other thing that I thought they did really well there, it was just one continuity error, but then after they, they clicked it, it was when these zombies were jumping and running and they landed hard, they kept their, um, injury. So if they landed and like broke their arm, their arm was broken and, and, or over their head and it would just stay, it would stay that way. Yeah. And then they would just keep on going. Right. The only continuity they had that was different was when they were showing that video and the person was skateboarding and then the zombies fell off the helicopter. Yeah. 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 They didn't keep their stuff. They just started running at the, the people. Right. But either than that, I thought that was really well done that they kept that through line. Well, I mean, it was, yeah, I found it super entertaining. And I mean, so on Rotten Tomatoes right now, it's got a 94% from the critics and an 88% from the audience, which I think is pretty good. Uh, Rebecca Hawks from the Daily, uh, the UK's Daily Telegraph said, characters you can, can't help but care for, check. A spot of amped up social commentary, double check. Lashings of bloody, bite ya mayhem, triple check like absolutely like this is just a fantastic like romp through zombie land uh with lots of killing and i mean this thing was done in an 8.5 million dollar budget so not much more than blood quantum but this thing made 98.5 million dollars like that's a solid return on your investment man yeah like this uh this was the first time i've seen this movie but i remember when it came out like like the hype was everywhere. Like you have to watch this movie. You have well, to watch it's, this movie. It seems like um, there's some really solid uh, zombie stuff coming out of South Korea. Like hashtag alive, I think is uh, South Korean as well. Okay. And then there's a Netflix. What's well, on Netflix. I think it's the called kingdom? the kingdom. Yeah. I think that's also South Korean. But hey, they so like they're working, definitely right? like if 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 I'm am, if I am correct in all those uh, assertions, then I mean they're definitely. Uh, you know, kind of leading the way when it comes to the new zombie filmmaking um, revolution or reinsurgence. Yeah, it's kind of like when we talked about the Western, right? You thought the Western was dying and then they went to Italy and Sergio Leone kind of revived it. I think it's the same too. Like for me, like I was down on the zombie films or even zombie shows. Like after so many seasons of The Walking Dead, you're, I was just like, I just needed a break, but... I don't think it was a break I needed. I, I just think it was a new take and 
to be honest, like both these films gave that take, right? Well, and they did a really good job with it. Like it's, it's well, I mean, dialogue in zombie movies isn't going to be, you know, super deep, but it was shot really well. The cinematography and this is great. Um, both films did a fantastic job with like the killing, like the, the special effects and all the makeup work and stuff like that. Like it's, it's, it's sick. It's like right in your face and it's bloody and violent, which I mean, that's what you want in a zombie film, in my opinion. Yes, but I think story as well. And like with majority of every zombie film, right? It's always, it's not the zombies that are going to kill it. Like, it's the people. It's the people, the right? The like, people. Same this one, like the older salesman, like being the, well, you could tell he was going to be the big bad at the end, right? But <laughs> like his character, like that's why I really liked Jung Young. Like he was him, right? Yeah. From the beginning, like you saw right at the beginning, they saw eye to eye on everything. But as each cart, well, when he starts, Ju Yang starts um, fighting through each cart, you see a little bit of his like wall and how much more he wants his daughter, right? That's right. And wants to be with her realizing that how much he gave up and he probably won't have that again. Yeah. And then how, and how, and how being at work and stuff like that was not as important as like the relationship that you have with your family. Yeah. I did enjoy that when he, like, you're, you're always a sucker for the family plot. Well, points, eh? Being a dad, right? Like it hits you now. Right. Cause you see it and it's true. Like I, I not that I wish I get bit by a zombie, but if you'd I be, was, but you'd be willing to get bit by a zombie. For for my kids, yeah. Yeah. yeah what about your yeah. wife? <laughs> you yeah. don't have to answer that. You don't have to. No, answer that. of course, of course. Like, like, is it just like if, a small if, if, bite if, for her though? Like, if, like, uh, if do you, I still if have you a answer that wrong? You won't be allowed to. You won't be allowed to record. It's okay. This she doesn't listen to this. It's good. Um. So yeah, I highly recommend both these films. Uh. You know, watch them as a as a back to back. Do you have a favorite zombie film in general? Yes. Which one? What is it? Shaun of the Dead. Oh, Shaun of the Dead is fantastic. Okay, do you have a favorite zombie film that's not a comedy like Shaun of the Dead? Well, I like... Fuck. Uh, I like Dawn of the Dead. The original yeah, or I the like remake? the Zack Snyder. I haven't seen the original in so long. Like, I, I do have, like, in my head, but I don't know if it's the nostalgia, right? Like, I, I do think it was well done, and I know you sent me that list of, like... The top, top zombie, zombie films. films and the original is number one, but also the remake is on there too. Um, I do like the, I do like night of the living dead, the original. Okay. Cause I think that's one of the more like tragic endings that I've ever seen in a zombie film without even realizing it was that tragic. Huh. Right? Yeah. You might be right there. Uh, obviously like Dawn of the dead, the, both of them are great. And uh, I do like the re- the remake cause it's fast zombies. Right. But I also like 28 Days Later, which I don't know. Is that really zombies? Yeah. That's, see, that's my that's my debate, too. Like, it's it's not really the dead coming back alive. It's people with a rabid, like, technically have, like... It's a, anger. Well, isn't, isn't that what it is? It's, like, high-protein, like, rabies or something yeah, like yeah, yeah. that, right? Like, it's just, like, a virus, but it's not really them dying and coming back. So for me, I don't know if that's considered. It is well done. Now, do you like the original or sequel? Oh yeah, the sequel's garbage. Really? I the fucking the sequel is fucking garbage. It's fucking America stupid. coming in to save the day no, and no, fucking no, no. everything that up. Could, I, I'm not suggesting that that premise couldn't have been good, 
but they fucked it right up. Okay. Uh, and we don't have time to have that conversation right now. Um, but the original 28 days later is a fantastic film. Um, Actually, you know what? That's a good uh, point for me to like kick it over to you. Um, Scott's going to give you all our Twitter stuff. So first off, what's your favorite zombie films? And is 28 Days Later considered a zombie film? And Day of the Dead, original or remake? Well, I, I said Dawn of the Dead. Or Day, sorry, Dawn of the Dead. That's what I meant. The Day of the Dead uh, remake was not very good. Sorry, I meant Dawn of the Dead as well. Uh, anyway, so yeah, my suggestion, watch both these films. Do it before the end of Halloween. And uh, yeah, hit us up on Twitter. Scott? Take us away. All right. That's our rant for the day. Please like and subscribe this podcast. We can be reached on Twitter, as Chris said, and our handle is at How'd You Like That One. And if we can get a couple new followers, we will tweet out a picture of Chris in that ballet leotard that he so much mentioned that he has. And you can also reach us at email. Uh, how'd you like that movie at gmail.com and that's a wrap production by Rod Shaver Bader Monkey Productions